Thank you for pressing play on episode 82 of A-Sides. I'm Andy, and this episode features my conversation with Adam Wakeman. I guess people use the term bucket list a lot or wish list. You might hear wish list in relation to Amazon. Well, I had a bucket list when I set out to do interviews for this podcast, and one of the guys near the top of my list was Adam, and now I kind of feel like I got to fulfill a little bit of a milestone with this episode because Adam, he's very talented. He has a career of his own. He also recently started a project called Jazz Sabbath. He's been on tour and performed with Ozzy Osbourne as well. The guy has an extensive resume, and he's also a very funny guy as well. So this episode is probably pretty personal to me. So thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. Hi, Adam. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Sorry for uh, for the delay there. I just it logged me out of Skype because I'm in I'm in Italy at the minute, so it, it detected a uh, it detected I wasn't in the UK, so thought somebody was uh, was hacking my Skype. I think. Oh, okay. I was kind of over here thinking. I was like, did I get the wrong Adam? And then, have you seen uh, the first uh, Terminator movie? <laughs> No. Oh, well, um, Arnold is like the Terminator, and he's looking for Sarah Connor, and he's got a phone book, and he keeps going down the list of, like, all these Sarah Connors, and he's like, Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're having your own private Terminator moment. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, I'm sorry it's so early over there, mate. This did not, uh, it's, uh, it's a bit of a, it's either late night here for an early morning for you or, uh, or the other way around. Well, thanks for being patient, though, and like setting this up. Yes, no, no, no problem, no problem. Whereabouts are you? I'm in uh, Peoria, Illinois, uh, about oh. two hours um, south of Chicago. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so, thank you for being my first um, international podcast. <laughs> so my pleasure, my pleasure. So, thanks for doing this, man, because I haven't uh, totally done a whole lot of these. Maybe about ten or so over the last year. Okay, cool. How have you found it? Have you? Uh, you enjoy doing it? Um, I kind of, I work in um, radio part time and I kind of wanted to almost, I guess, I never had my own radio show. So I kind of wanted yeah. to just kind of have my own show and maybe gain some confidence mm-hmm. and started uh, um, looking into uh, doing a podcast. Excellent. So. Well, it's, it's such a, um, you know, it's an accessible way to sort of, uh, to do it these days you know whereas before getting a getting a show on a radio station would have been um you know a bit of a nightmare and, and you can also get a pretty good show reel together and people can sort of you know see what you're all about it's a good it's really good i think i think the podcast kind of i don't listen to enough of them because i just i never seem to have enough time i used to you know spend a lot of time in, in airports and stuff and um and sort of started getting into a few but then you know obviously the last couple of years haven't really been anywhere Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess that leads me to um, how you said you haven't been anywhere, though your album that you put out, uh, the classical album, A Handful of Memories, uh, you, I guess every song is based on a different um, location, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty much, 
kind of during the the um, lockdown period, it's, it was a good time for everybody, I think, to reflect on, you know, how um, how lucky we've been in the past, really, and me especially with. I've been on some great trips with my family and some great trips with my kind of touring families uh, and different bands that I've worked with. So there, there's a lot of places, you know, I would think back and, and, and think, you know, about walking through Central Park or running around the park or um, in the Isle of Man, where I, where I lived for a few years, um, being in L.A. for, for quite a while, you know, um, an amazing trip to Kosovo um, in about the year 2000, something like that. And all these places, and I just thought it'd be really nice to sort of document them in a kind of, you know, I, I thought to write songs about the places would just be too cheesy. Um, but to have them as kind of inspiration behind kind of instrumental sort of modern classical pieces, it seemed to, that seemed to lend itself nicely to it. So, I mean, it's great. It's a very sort of, it's a very personal album, but hopefully very accessible to people. You know, maybe people haven't, necessarily been to St. Petersburg in Russia, for example, but they can kind of, you know, conjure up images of it or it might remind them about somewhere, you know, sparse and remote like Iceland that they've been to or maybe somewhere else in, you know, um, uh, around the world that, that kind of they can relate to. So I hope, you know, hopefully people, you know, people are enjoying it. I guess just that feeling of um, nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's very personal. So you know, I could could say quite a selfish album, really, because it was it was it was purely just me at the piano, and uh, and writing all these pieces. But I think um, yeah, I I started off kind of as a pianist with the first kind of couple of albums, really, with my with my dad, or certainly my early um, career were kind of contemporary piano pieces, and we we wrote six tracks each on each album, and. Um, and it was kind of it was it was just that kind of um, you know solo classical piano um, inspired pieces, and I've always kind of wanted to, to go back and revisit that, but it's just never never been the right time with you know the bands and stuff I've worked with. A lot of stuff is is, is the more kind of heavy heavy rock stuff, and and um, yeah, just this has always been a little idea on the back burner, but uh, you know hadn't had the time to do it, and, and then you know lo and behold, we all had plenty of time. Um, so did you like sit at a piano and then you just kind of thought back or uh, did you look at photos to kind of uh, trigger memories too? Or? Um, I did. It, it kind of one of the things I really like with, on, on the phones, on the iPhone, is that it shows up these memories every now and again and pictures come up from your phone book. Um, and and that was kind of that was really handy because a picture of the first picture that came up was Iceland um, when I took my family out there for um, for a trip a few years back. And uh, I, and that was that was one of the first pieces that I kind of started writing. Um, so yeah, some some were kind of reminded to me by photos, and others just trips that were kind of etched on my mind that were, you know, that were quite monumental. For you know, Pristina is the second track on the album, which is which is a, um, about Kosovo. Um, and I went out to Kosovo with a, a singer called Tony Hadley, who was the the singer in Spandau Ballet, um, oh, and. Wow. So we basically went out there um, about six months after the conflict had finished in 2000. I think it's about 2000. Um, it might have been 99, 2000, something, uh, certainly around that period. Um, and it was just, it was the first time I'd kind of, you know, we stayed with the army. We, um, you know, we basically performed for the army. It was kind of entertaining the, the troops that were out there on their peacekeeping mission. And... 
it was the first time I'd seen anywhere that was properly kind of war torn, uh, sort of first hand. I've seen things on the news and, you know, like most people. And, um, but it was just, it made such an impression on me. It was such a kind of, um, you know, it was such a sad place to be. And I just hoped that, you know, in the future things will kind of get better, which, you know, they, they certainly, um, it's taken a while, but it certainly seems to be a lot better than it, than it used to be. But it was just a really kind of, uh, a really eye-opening trip, really, just about how, you know, how the military do an awful lot more than, um, you know, than, than people give them credit for a lot of the time. That's just, you know, that's my opinion on it is I, I spent, you know, two weeks or so with various different um, regiments and, uh, and you know, they were all, they were all there in a peacekeeping kind of capacity and you know they would all they would rebuild schools and they would rebuild roads and they were you know it was just really it was eye-opening for me to see how um you know how much uh how much they did and that they you know probably don't get an awful lot of credit for oh wow um so does that uh track then um that you did does that stand out the most to you from this album because of that i think i mean i think they all they all have their own kind of memory for me. So it's it's very difficult for me to kind of, you know, like pick a favorite or pick. I mean, I think the one that, that probably stands out the most musically is the winter palace, just because it's, it's such a, it's such a nice piece to play um, on the piano. And if, if I was to sit at a piano and play one of those pieces, it would probably be that one first, just because it's such a nice piece to play. Um, and I've, I've had a few um, requests for writing out the score for um, the musical score for for this album, um, which I would like to do, but it's just going to take me ages. And at the moment, I don't have the time to do it. So maybe if we if we go if we go into yet another lockdown, maybe I'll uh, I'll write the scores out. <laughs> I noticed along with this album um, on Instagram, uh, you are posting uh, videos uh, to kind of go along with each uh, track, like one a day. And uh, when you're posting uh, the videos, you said that you do a lot of running. And so uh, some of your trips, you'll do running. And that kind of inspired you. Absolutely. Um, do you run yeah. a lot? I do now. Yeah. I, I kind of the last sort of 10 years or so, I've, um, I've you know, got, got quite into it. I think I've, I've reached a point where, you know, I've, I've toured all my life and I've spent uh, a lot of time with, um, you know, relatively bad hangovers, wasting days on days off. And uh, <laughs> I kind of, you know. I sort of tried to counterbalance that before I, um, you know, became too unfit. So when I hit about 35 or so, um, I, uh, I had a, um, a pacemaker fitted. I had a heart, um, a heart issue where it, um, it decided to, uh, stop. So, um, I was in hospital and they fitted the pacemaker and I thought, actually, this is probably a pretty good time to start looking after myself a bit better. Um, with you know, had young kids and everything, and it was it was a bit too early to leave them without a dad. I felt so. I thought, well, let's get um, you know, let's get back uh, a bit fitter, and um, and uh, and that's that's basically when I started running. And um, and being on tour, it's such a great way to uh, to see places. I mean, I'm actually at the moment I'm in um, a place called Trieste in uh, the north of Italy, not far from Venice, and I'm out here with, actually with Tony Hadley who I mentioned earlier, and um, we're playing some acoustic shows at some, at some beautiful theatres out here. Um, and, uh, yeah, literally just got back from a run here. So, might you know, run five miles around the town and, and you, you really get to see, 
you know, quite a lot of the town. So it's a, it's a great way to sort of get out and about. And it also makes you feel slightly less bad for drinking uh, copious amounts of beautiful white wine in the evening here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can't relate on the Italy part, but I can kind of relate uh, to the um, running part because you said it was about you were about 35. I'm uh, 37 and would have been 35. I found out I got high blood pressure. So right. I've been I've been kind of doing things like running and I'm trying to watch what I eat, uh, too, to help out that. And then I'm on. um. Um, blood pressure meds too so right yeah it's so and there's so much that you can do my my wife has high blood pressure as well um and uh and she's found that she's been able to to manage that a lot by by running by started running which um so yeah it definitely is i mean you know i'm a big uh, a big endorser of, of running and it's not about you know, I threw my watch away about six years ago because it became like a tie of, you know, how fast am I going? How far am I going? And then uh, it, it broke and I just basically didn't replace it. And <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed running so much more where I'm not thinking I have to run a certain distance or I have to run a certain pace um, and just to get out. And, and, you know, and some days you might only be able to run three miles. Other days you might have time to run 10 miles. And it's like, I like that kind of freedom it gives you that you you know you can fit it into however long you've got oh wow because i was going to ask if you're more of a like you run for like distance or um just speed but i like that you're just running just to run yeah exactly exactly i mean you know i don't want to draw any forrest gump uh, comparisons here but it's kind of you know some (laughs) some days it's great you know my kids will come out with me at home on their bikes and um and they say, how far are we going? And I'll say, I've absolutely no idea. You know, it might be five miles, might be 10 miles. And I mean, I like, I like the longer distances. Um, I've done a, you know, a couple of half marathons and stuff. I, I, I'm planning to do a, a marathon next year if I, if I can. Um, but there's, it's a big, you know, it's a big commitment to, to training when it comes to marathon level, you know, half marathons are, are sort of, for me anyway, a lot more, manageable than something like a marathon I, i'd need to seriously kind of um uh cut down on the white wine <laughs> <laughs> well good luck um whenever you do um do the marathon yeah cheers man cheers well, I hope, yeah, so hopefully it's gonna be, be next year but we'll uh, we'll see yeah. um do you have any favorite um places that you've um ran then do you know i was actually having having a conversation with richie barrow who's the guitar player um with tony hadley's band we were talking last night about um you know running and stuff like that and i it just reminded me of a story we were in i was out with um with ozzy um osborne out in uh, south america and we were staying we we're playing in costa rica i can't remember if it was a black sabbath tour or an Aussie tour but um I sort of, you know, got my shorts on and I, I checked out the hotel and the hotel is beautiful hotel, but it was in a slightly shady area. And, you know, that particular time it was it was just a little bit ropey. And uh, and I asked the, the, the girl at reception, I said, is it is it safe to run out here, you know, round here? And she said, yes, yes. Uh, left is not safe. Uh, right is safe. So I ran out of the hotel, turned right, went up through these mountains and uh, it was so shady. I mean. how I wasn't mugged I I have no idea but my kind of my realization that if you're running people rarely chase you if you're already running then I think people just go oh fuck it you know I'm not gonna catch him up so um, (laughs) 
so so I ran and, and I, I it was very very kind of um, sort of poor shanty town sort of area anyway I got back to the hotel and I, and and the lady said oh was it a, a good run I said yeah I said but but right was it, it didn't seem that safe and she said no 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 left is safe right is not safe I said no 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 you said right and she was like left right 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 and you could see her going oh yeah my English yeah right is left left is right so uh yeah well, that that one stuck out <laughs> stuck out for me but, but I haven't got a track um I haven't got a track on the album about Costa Rica so maybe I'll do another one <laughs> yeah you have to do a follow-up <laughs> yeah um well that um you mentioned being on tour uh with Ozzy and playing with him that uh, leads me uh to another topic that I wanted to ask you about and it's yeah uh your jazz Sabbath album that you released I, I, I think you'll be uh, you'll be mistaking me from Milton Keynes, the pianist on the, on Jazz Sabbath. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, <laughs> you're addressing you're addressing one of my alter egos there. Yeah, um, yeah. That was I mean that was uh, that was such a lot of fun to do, and it took it took ages to get that together, just because I wanted to make sure that I had you know the endorsement from Ozzy and Sharon and Tony and stuff, so that they you know they didn't think it was. Uh, you know, it was a bad idea. So it, it took a while to, to get together. And of course, there's a documentary that goes with it. And, and that kind of took a long time to write and, and film as well. So it was, it was a great, it was a great thing to do. Um, what were the origins of, um, of that project? I think I read that you were just at a bar on tour and That's, like somebody yeah, in the band much. just um, um, asked you to start playing. It, well, it was in Berlin. Um, I think it was 2013 um, with on the Sabbath tour and we were staying in the hotel and I'd been out for some food with um, Didier, who was the one the, the sort of head of security for the guys. And, um, um, you know, once the guys were all back in, in their rooms and stuff, there was somebody else looking after them. So so I went for some food with Didier. We came back to the hotel bar and uh, had a couple of drinks. And he said, why didn't why didn't you play the Black Sabbath? set on the piano and i said well it sound pretty shit i think just on solo piano apart you know apart from changes that's about the only one you can get away with without it sounding sort of too weird and then i started playing i thought actually do you know what if it was in a kind of jazz style you could kind of get away with it because obviously there's a bit of sort of jazz roots to some of the some of the um early sabbath stuff and certainly with bills playing um so uh, so I started playing the chords to Iron Man and then I sort of went into a bit of freeform jazz thing. And that was kind of it, really. I went to I went to bed thinking, actually, that'd be a really good that'd be a really good album to do. it. And then the character started to develop where I thought, what if there was this kind of, you know, this this guy who thinks that he wrote all the songs? He's so disillusioned, this old pianist that he <laughs> thinks that he wrote them all from 1968. So then I started developing the character. Um, and I live near a place called Milton Keynes, and I've always thought that would be a great name for a jazz pianist, Milton Keynes. So, so that's where it all kind of came about. And um, and then uh, it just took ages to get it together because there was Sabbath were touring a lot, and then Ozzy toured straight after Sabbath, and then we did um, and the last Sabbath tour, and then Ozzy toured again after that. So it was, you know, there was j- just very little time to get it together. And to be honest, I was also a little bit terrified that it was going to be shit. Um, so, you know, because I'm not I don't see myself as a jazz pianist. Um, so it was there was there was a I was a bit reluctant to start because I thought, 
if it's rubbish, then, you know, I'm going to be really disappointed. Um, but fortunately, once I did, you know, the first track, I thought, actually, this is going to be all right. I think, I think I'll be able to pull this off. And uh, yeah, and that's that's kind of how it all came about, really. <laughs> well, it's not shit. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> it's done really well. I mean, it's done so well that we've... Um, we're booking a tour now so in october november next year we're going to be out in in europe and and the uk and um yeah any promoters listening in the in the u.s that want to bring us over we'll uh, we'll get over to the u.s um i've been trying to spread the word i guess i need to do it harder maybe this podcast <laughs> yeah. will uh, it will help i'll be yeah. inundated with promoters offering us uh, flights out there but i think it'd be great there's a couple of you know there's a few festivals where we're uh, earmarked for in the summer again europe wise unfortunately not not america but um but i think it's going to be uh you know that's going to be interesting because i wasn't really sure with the album whether it was going to be metalhead buying it or whether it's going to be jazz officiado and others you know wanting to to sort of you know, uh, check it out. So I was, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think it's, it's pretty kind of split between the kind of, you know, the rock fans and the, and the, um, you know, the Sabbath fans and then jazz, uh, fans. So, um, so I don't really know how the live performances are going to kind of pan out with, uh, with the audience. Is it going to be full of kind of, um, you know, sort of, uh, jazz kind of jumper wearing, bearded fellas or is it going to be a, a load of sort of metal heads with um slipknot t-shirts i honestly don't know but <laughs> it's going to be funny whatever happens it's going to be uh, it's going to be funny but um you had mentioned too though that uh you uh, kind of created that character of um milton yes yeah milton is that Gaines, yeah is that so you wrote uh the liner notes and you wrote that whole little uh, documentary on your own Yes, I did. Yeah. So I've actually I've, I've also written a series um, which has been uh, currently it's been so far declined by pretty much all the uh, the production networks in the in the UK. And uh, uh, but I'm sticking with it because I think I think it's got uh, it's got some legs. And uh, actually, they didn't all turn it down. They just basically said that they've already got things tied up for the next two years. So so I'm sitting on that at the minute. And uh, yeah, you certainly haven't seen the last of Milton, that's for sure. It's kind of got like a spinal tap or like a Monty Python kind of uh, feel. Exactly. To it. I'm glad you said that because that's the sort of that's the angle with it. And one thing that I really, you know, I love music clearly, and I love comedy. And when you can get something that comes together that that works, and I do think it works, then uh, you know that's the kind of ultimate goal for me is have something that's, you know, musically credible but has a comedic element to it. Um, you know, it's uh, that that ticks all the boxes for me. So, I mean, I'm going to really enjoy doing it. And the, the concerts, I'll be in characters, you know, so I'll, you know, I will be 73-year-old Milton Keynes. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I guess, yeah, like maybe um, once you uh, start playing and you see what the audience is like, maybe that will be uh, more incentive uh, for uh, the networks, you know, to pick up the maybe, show. Maybe, yeah. Maybe so, maybe so. I mean, maybe I'll I'll just make it anyway, and then um, you know we just do it as a YouTube series. I don't, I honestly don't know. Again, it's down to with all these things, it's down to time and yeah. and prioritizing the time because you know ultimately I, you know, I make my um, income primarily you know from playing live. That's that's kind of how how my um, my career has gone over the years. Where you know I do I I do a lot of writing, 
but the income from writing these days and record sales is is considerably considerably less than it was you know 15 years ago so i do rely on uh, on performing live you know a lot like like most musicians these days um so it you know that kind of has to take priority but if i can make that live performing um encompass jazz sabbath for a couple of months a year that would be a kind of dream for me yeah are you um gonna plan any future uh, recordings for um jazz sabbath or, or you're still just waiting to see how uh, the tour and all that's gonna go i can't really say i think oh. is probably the the best answer to that <laughs> Anything I say will be a spoiler alert, so I can't, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep Sturm on that one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, with your um, writing, um, you've had like a lot of different musicians that you've um, written with, but then I noticed with the um, past Ozzy album, um, Scream, you had like a lot of um, writing credits with that. Um, I was really lucky, yeah. Very, very lucky with that. How was that writing with... Um, um, Ozzy versus other uh, musicians. Well, it was a weird. Um, it came about at a weird time because there's no, you know, working with an artist like Ozzy. There's never an expectation of, you know, just because you're in the band means you're going to be writing and on the albums and everything else. You know, it's one of the one of the the things I think that's kept Ozzy so relevant over the years is that he's worked with different producers and the producers use different musicians. That's kind of how you you maintain a lot of freshness with with albums i in my opinion and um and a lot of the time as well you know he's he's recording in in la and and uses uses people that are, that are based in la and this particular album he was between guitar players so gus wasn't uh wasn't officially in the band and zach had left so there was this kind of uh this this kind of unusual situation of an album being written um, and the producer plays guitar, drums. Kevin Cherko is a, an amazing musician and writer. And he'd been working with Ozzy for quite some time. Um, and it got towards the end of the album. And, and I'd met Kevin a couple of times um, prior to this. And he suggested to Sharon and Ozzy that, um, that I come over and, and we, we work on some stuff together. And, um, you know, it wasn't... Um, I wouldn't say it was uh, it wasn't daunting because yeah I've worked with a lot of artists but there's a there's a kind of an expectation when you fly to the other side of the world and you you know you're in a room with Kevin Cherko and Ozzy Osbourne you're kind of you know you're sort of under pressure to produce the goods if you like you know you you're kind of conscience conscience is kind of you know playing havoc with you just trying to trying to make sure that you don't you know you don't want to waste time and everything else but Kevin was was so good he just said you know we can spend all day on something and you know we might not get one thing down in which case we carry on again tomorrow he said there's no there's no forcing this there's no rush and it's just got to be natural and you know and we'll see what happens so there was it took a lot of the pressure off me um by working with somebody like kevin who as i say is he's such a nice man and is it's such a good writer um and I find as well, the more honest you are with people, the uh, the easier the writing gets. Because if you, uh, for example, I did a writing um, kind of day once. It was a bit like, I suppose a bit like the equivalent of speed dating, where you're in a room with lots of different writers and you move from one place to the next and you sit with a guitar player for 10 minutes. Then you 
you go into another room and sit on the piano with somebody and and uh, it, it was it was an awful experience for me i didn't enjoy it at all because there, there wasn't time to get to know the person you were writing with and a lot of the time these people had predetermined ideas of what they wanted to get their idea across they weren't really up for being collaborative so for me working in that environment with with kevin uh, and ozzy was just was just really inspiring because there was no pressure on it it was um it was really constructive that speed writing thing sounds really bizarre or whatever just yeah. going around a room and like or how did it's that work weird, well it was a weird thing it was set up by publishers so publishers you know uh mainly pop writers you know were, were in there and they're just wanting to to try and capitalize on having a lot of um, a lot of writers in one place at one time but it's a bit like having um you know a football team you, you could take you could hand pick all the best players in the world but it doesn't necessarily make the best team in the same way that you could put a band together of the best you know individual performers and you don't necessarily get the best the best band in the world a classic example of this is um i worked um, with a band called Travis for years and years. I still do stuff every now and again when they need a keyboard player um, with them. They're from Scotland and they're fantastic. They are, I think, one of my favourite bands, just the songwriting and the combination of the four guys in the band make a, an absolutely brilliant band that, that are just a classic band. You know, individually, you wouldn't say that it's, you know, um, Steve Vai on guitar, you know, uh, Andy Dunlop, who's the guitar player, is a fantastic guitar player. But I wouldn't say, you know, he would go up in a shred fest against Ingrid Malmsteen or, or, or whatever. You know, it's, that, that's not the kind of thing. If you put if you put somebody that overplays in that band, it would be disastrous. And that's, the, you know, the same for all the all the musicians in that band. It's kind of it's the sum of the parts that makes a great band. Um, and yeah, I think that would that kind of that was missed by these publishers who did the speed um the speed writing uh sort of day because you know you can't just put all those people together and expect that there's a, you know there's a hit song at the end of it yeah i guess you can't force uh chemistry no exactly yeah exactly i mean it's um and, and writing is so kind of objective as well and, and there's you know what one person thinks is a nice melody the other person might not and it's it doesn't mean it's not a nice melody or it doesn't mean it's a nice melody it's just a difference of opinion and it's kind of you know if if you're really after um you know what the masses want then you know just rely on ai to make the music well thank you for uh talking to me today i don't want to keep you too long because i didn't realize you were on a tour right now too well do, do you know today today's been a good day today's a, a, a day off so we've had um We've had a bit of time to catch up, and one one of the things over here is they um, uh, everything is so late. You know, we we go on stage at nine. You know, we're off stage by about 11, 11 o'clock, eleven thirty. We're sort of leaving the venue, and then it's the the promoters take you out for dinner. So it's like you don't you don't start eating till maybe half twelve at night, and then you sort of crawl into bed about half past two. So it's kind of a, it's it's completely opposite at home. You know, we'll have dinner at about seven o'clock, and. You know, my wife and I and the kids all tucked up in bed by about half nine. <laughs> it's oh. not very rock and roll at home. <laughs> um, well, how long is the um, how long is the rest of your uh, tour? Well, this for? is only a short a short one, really, mainly because um, Tony's doing a um, a long tour next year. Uh, we're doing two months around the UK, 
Um, and then there's some Australian stuff towards the end of the year, I think. And he's he's a busy, you know, he's a busy man. And and all the time that Aussie's off, you know, we're not starting back up with Aussie till um, uh, 2023. So uh, I'm going to be going to be doing plenty of plenty of shows with Tony, which is which is good. But th- this was really a little bit of a, of a a tester because the travel over here is is unbelievably difficult, especially now. Um, with this new variant and it's it's causing you know a lot of problems in Europe where um, you know if uh, if for example we test we've got to test today if we if we test positive we are or you know I'd be stuck here for Christmas so we we don't we don't want to push our luck by being out here for three weeks or so you know doing shows we, we this was just a kind of you know we'll do five or six shows or five shows and then and then um, and then head back so uh, it's just a, a nice short break really. Uh, so you have to uh, test um, before each each well, uh, show do, you're playing. We do, but really only not. It, that's not a legal requirement. We have the. We all have. We've all been vaccinated, and we all have our passport, vaccination passport. Mm-hmm. Um, but just for um, you know, just to keep everybody everybody safe, really, we test you know and 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 post the tests up on our little group so we know that everyone's okay. Um, and then the the Italian requirements are you have to go to a doctor's or a, a, a pharmacy and, and be tested before you fly home. So we've got to go and do that later on, and then um, and then that will give us the the pass to be able to get to the airport to, to be able to fly home. So it's um, yeah, it, it makes touring a lot more complicated. You know, I've had so many European tours cancelled this year. Um, and uh, I wasn't really expecting this one to happen, so I'm, I'm so glad it did. And it's um, and it's been really nice to just sort of to be playing again, and you know, and just seeing people out. And it's it's yeah, it's a really it's a really lovely thing to sort of witness. And hopefully, it's not going to be too long before um, you know get back get back out to uh, America with Ozzy and and do some you know do some uh, do some shows with him again. So we're just looking looking forward to to that all starting up again too. Uh, well, I'm glad you were able to get out and play some shows. Mm, yeah, it's been it's been, I say it's been um, it's been great. I've got a couple more shows in the UK with Damien Wilson. The two of us do um, do quite a lot of uh, a lot of shows together, and that's uh, that's always a good laugh. That's a kind of acoustic show. He was um, uh, he was uh, the lead in um, a musical called Les Mis, but is more well known for his kind of heavy metal sort of stuff. Um, so the two of us do an album every few years and, and a tour and, and, and shows. And that's uh, that's always good because we get to play, you know, get to play whatever we want, really. When you you know, when you're in uh, when you're in charge, you can you can do what you like. So when there's sometimes the shows run on to about three hours, which, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's always good. So we've got a couple of those before Christmas and then um, and then, yeah, be, be out with uh, with Tony again in March. So, um, yeah, and see what see what the year brings. I guess one thing too is um, since you're out around the holidays, do you have all your Christmas shopping done, or do you have to oh, come Do you know back? what my my <laughs> wife Terry is so on the case with that? She pretty much had it all sorted by the end of November, um, mainly because there was such a kind of panic of of lorry drivers and shipping and stuff in Europe that um, there was a danger that unless you got things early, you weren't going to get stuff at Christmas. So, um, so yeah, she she got everything pretty much. Uh, you know pretty pretty early which was which was good for me i have i have got a short uh, list to go out and get this afternoon so that'll be um that'll be my my trip after i've uh, i've finished speaking to you do, do a little bit of christmas shopping but i'm um, fortunately not too much i actually bought another copy of um jazz uh, sabbath 
as a Christmas uh, gift. <laughs> oh, fantastic! You're spreading spreading the spreading the word. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Adam. Well, thanks for uh, taking time out of your day to talk to me today. Hey, listen, no problem at all. And um, yeah, you know, hit us up next uh, next time if you're ever over in England or whatever, or you see I'm playing over there, then um, hit me up and I'll um, I'll buy you a beer. Um, I definitely will, man. All right, mate. You take care. Thanks, Andy. Oh, uh, yep. Uh, thanks, Adam. Cheers, bye. Uh, bye. You can find Adam at his website, adamwakeman.co.uk, or you can purchase his recent album, A Handful of Memories, through Bandcamp at adamwakeman.bandcamp.com.